Welcome to On the Bench. For this episode, I am joined by friend of the show, friend of myself. That's the CEO of Battle's End, host of the Nolcast, a man who wears many hats these days, Ingram Smith. Ingram, welcome to On the Bench again. Yeah, thank you, Brendan. Great to be back on with you. I've uh, certainly been fortunate to join a couple times over the years. I remember doing a pandemic show. Uh, mm-hmm. remember doing a rather infamous recruiting show and yeah. Uh, always great to be able to jump back in with uh, you, Zach, or uh, or Chris. So the uh, the infamous show. I don't know if we could talk about that person anymore. What happened? But I thought about it like an hour ago. I was actually cleaning uh, the bathroom, uh, fittingly enough, uh, while while thinking about that episode and what a day that was. And was thankful to have you there because you were a, a calming presence in an otherwise uh, chaotic day. That was a wild day. What a time to be alive. Uh, things are much better now in the world of Florida State. FSU is 7-0 as it gets ready to play Wake Forest. Cruton's going well. Uh, just the program in general, athletic department, football program, everything seems in lockstep and in a really good spot. Uh, and the battle's ends, you know, part of the football program's success, player retention, opportunities for players. You get to see guys in commercials, things like that. And, you know, that that's where this collective is has really made its bones and has been helping out a ton there. So before we get going into some of the things that have been happening at TB recently, Ingram, uh, I want to get a general, uh, an idea. You've talked about this before on our show, other shows like that, that you were a kid basically subscribing to recruiting magazines and uh, things like that. I always found that interesting that we all have our ways that we kind of fall in love with this quirky sport and specifically like the recruiting aspect. You got to be a diehard, but uh, how exactly how did you find yourself gravitating to the recruiting aspect specifically? As, as sure. Yeah. No real, I, mean, I don't have a real clear memory. Uh, when I was, it was 1993. So I was 10 years old. Uh, I went and saw a friend of my cousins uh, who was playing at the Lovett school here in Atlanta. I figured it was just like a old boyfriend of hers or something like that. The guy that she was referencing, who she told me was a real good football player. I went and watched one of his games ran for like, 11 times for 233 yards or something somewhere in that area. Kid was the number one running back in the country. Um, uh, I think Lou Holtz and who was the Georgia Ray golf uh, was at the game. So I just like, I was like, Oh, this matters. This is interesting. And I'd always been a always, I mean, I was 10. So since I was around six or seven, just kind of fell head over heels with college football in general. And um, I just realized recruiting, I mean, I remember in that class, um, I think the Parade parade All-American in USA Today used to have these All-American teams, which are kind of the benchmark. Uh, AJC had a rate ratings. Uh, I believe the Orlando Sentinel did like a top 250 of the South, which was always something that I would try to get my hands on as a kid. But anyways, you'd have these ratings. They were big benchmarks and I think the number one offensive tackle in the parade team that year was Orlando Pace. The quarterback was Peyton Manning. It didn't Good take rankings. me long. Wow, whoever did it that nailed it. Didn't take me long to realize this stuff mattered. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, ever since 1993, I've just been a recruitnik and fell in love with recruiting. And, uh, you know, that's waned a little bit um, and in time and uh, and also, you know, further reinforced itself. Uh, but, yeah, it's always been high school uh, recruiting college football have always been two big passions of mine and uh, started the Nolcast maybe 14 years ago or so based kind of out of that idea and 
Um, there's a kind of common little bit of a string through all those things that uh, ultimately led towards the uh, creation of the battle's end. So we're coming up on about a year mark. Uh, I think we announced ourselves in early December. We had a meeting uh, November 15th where we were all like, okay, everything we talked about, like we're not just talking, we're actually, we, we seriously want to try this. So um, we're about a year into it and it's been a incredible process. And like, you know, for a guy who was neither tall, strong, good uh, enough to play for Florida State, this is just like a little bit of a childhood dream for me, uh, even a year into it. So I'm incredibly fortunate and blessed and have tried to, uh, you know, tried to do everything I could to make the most out of an opportunity like this. Remember when you guys first you know, entered the entered the landscape, your messaging was, I'm uh, paraphrasing here, or, or maybe exact quote, but uh, let's say paraphrasing in case I'm a little wrong, watch us work. And that was kind of what you guys wanted for the, the Florida State fan base was to uh, take the time to actually absorb what was happening, watch it before asking, you know, for, for contributions for the collective part of it to really take off. Um, and, and, and part of that, and I think it's going to be appropriate that we're, uh, it's going to tie this together here that like Wake Forest, Dave Clawson was gushing. I'll put that audio. I, I can put that in here. That they were going to get back. Um, you know, they let him work through problems uh, and they let him fix things. And he had a vision for the program. And, and I would say this, I don't know if anybody uh, in the ACC has done a better job of embracing and maximizing what college football looks like in 2023. Um, and, and I mean that as a, a nothing but a compliment to Mike because there's places that probably have healthy collectives and money, but it's misspent. You know, they've done a great job of retaining their best players you know, to get Jordan Travis to come back, to get Jared Verse to come back, to get Trey Benson to come back, to get Johnny Wilson to come back. Like, their best players are all back. And they lost some guys in the portal as well, but their ability to replace them, you know, with a guy like a Keon Coleman uh, or a Fentel uh, Cypress, you know, they've done a very, very good job of evaluating and picking players that fit them. And... Uh, he really has. He's he's done an amazing job. You guys, like that was how you kind of made your bones, right? Like, but how how did you realize that was going to be important? We've talked about that it was important before with you before, but like the foresight to know, like this is a thing that's going to matter, and a part partially like a a, a market inefficiency. How did you go about yeah. identifying that? I think the term that, that we used. I mean, we not sound like. I mean, I guess we are a bunch of dorks and stuff like that. But we, oh, we literally, hey, everyone listening to this, everyone who's involved with, we're all dorks to some extent or another. That I mean, we sense. did have uh, the kind of initial group who got this off the ground is a is a big fan of a whiteboard, and we would uh, we would whiteboard this and and talk about things and talk about things that we knew either weren't accurate or that of what we wanted to do. Um, and, you know, the more and more we, we looked at it, just retention made more and more sense. And we did think, I mean, our, the term that we used at the time and still do is that it, there was a market inefficiency there. Uh, so it will be interesting to see markets course correct. And um, I don't know if like we're we're the number one case study in this. I think we we probably are. But, you know, people can see that people will adjust accordingly and. I think this uh, 
you know, what, what's in front of us from an NIL perspective, I think retention and the value placed on it will be uh, all the higher. And yeah, we might've had a, a little bit to do with that. So. So it was like a scene out of Moneyball where you guys are going on a, a whiteboard and be like, there's a market inefficiency. Um, yeah, no, I mean, that's probably, uh, I don't know that Brad Pitt was in the room, but uh, yeah, we, we did think that there was uh, some, you know, some things that we could focus on and, and also that there was a, a, a great amount of talent at, at Florida state that could, uh, could grow and continue to blossom with his fan base and, you know, some of the people who originally saw this vision um, started talking about Florida State potentially being a college football playoff team where, uh, man, I've hosted the Nolcast for a long time. I've been a longtime Florida State fan. I've, I pride myself on trying to be as uh, informed and knowledgeable as possible. And when my friend used to talk about this, when Florida State was like four and three last year, I'd just be like, oh, yep. <laughs> Yeah, I guess maybe if everything breaks right, they could be a college football playoff team. But I didn't, I didn't see it. Um, a couple other guys did, and um, you know we knew that this was going to be important, and know how passionate this fan base is. And um, I don't know why a light that I just bought two weeks ago just failed. <laughs> so it's preposterous. Um, sorry. It's uh, um, it's close to Halloween. Just saying, poltergeist potentially can't yeah, rule it out. Let's see what I can do here. Uh, Actually, it's pretty good. Like that, you look um, it's like vintagey looking. Yeah, vintage. Um, okay, that's professional. Yeah, um, vintage, so, I mean, like before they had lights. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe I can just hold a flashlight under my chin uh, and Halloween again. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I mean, they stay there were some guys in our group, one in particular had an incredible amount of vision and uh, we leaned more and more into this. And uh, you know, there's guys that uh, we're fortunate to be able to partner with that were part of Willie Taggart's last class. And, you know, Kalen Deloach was the first guy that we announced a, a partnership with. And Kalen Deloach has seen just about everything in this program's history uh, that you could over the past four or five years. And uh, we thought that there was a, an opportunity to tie uh, some of the existing players to this fan base's passion and then this fan base's size and um, create marketing opportunities that are according and in line with that. And, you know, not everything's been perfect and uh, we've, you know, we haven't batted a thousand, but uh, never been a, a matter or, or lack of effort. And we'll just continue to try to learn and, and evolve and make the most of this space for as long as we're in this space. Are you allowing yourself to enjoy this process? I know when we first talked, man, like kid in a candy store, dream come true. And then you kind of get to see how the sausage is made. So I don't know if there's like a disenfranchise that could be there or like, and I'm just talking about behind the scenes stuff, this season as it's playing out, all of it kind of cumulatively, like, is this fun? No, I mean, it's an incredible amount of fun. Uh, particularly when I can get my lighting right when I'm trying to do an interview. <laughs> That's when it is the most fun. Uh, no, it's, I mean, there's moments where I still am like, oh, it's kind of crazy. This is awesome. Um, it's, it is a job. I mean, it is, a, you know, it's just, there's, there's a little bit of a meat grinder factor to it. Just to be yeah. perfectly honest with you. I was driving home couple days ago and YouTube suggested that I watch uh, a Miami instant reaction podcast. I did two years ago and I'm like, Oh, it was two years ago. That's 
I think I've aged like six years since then. Um, so yeah, there's some nights that are a little less sleep. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a little uncomfortable talking about this because it makes me sound like I'm trying to be woe is me or whatever. This is a dream job, dude. Like when I check out of this earth, I will be like, you know what? I got to do that Florida state project for a couple of years. And that was freaking incredible. So, um, that's what it is. Some days are awesome. Some days are a little challenging, probably the way it is with a lot of jobs, but, um, you know, my highs are, are an incredible high. So it's, it, I can't complain. Won't complain. It's been the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Anything worth doing uh, doesn't come easy. I think is kind of what was rattling around in my brain. There's your answer next. It's yeah. it, uh, you were, you were in something that's a high leverage position and there's a lot of stuff at, at stake. Um, but you're also getting like that, that childhood, like recruit Nick and FSU fan stuff like that, that itch scratched a, a thousand times over. Um, mm -hmm. Let me see here. All right. So uh, with, with uh, pulling on the, the fan strings for a little bit. So FSU goes up to Wake Forest this weekend. Um, I find the fan base is like, it's not a rivalry with Wake, but there is this disdain that is like a little more amplified than some other schools. Um, why? Do you, have, do you have any kind of like idea, like, like geographically, not particularly close? I know, you know, when there was divisions, they played fairly, you know, frequently. Um, I have my theories as to why, but I would like to get yours as just a longtime FSU fan. Like, what's this little underlying, like, tension against Wake as we enter this weekend? Yeah, I mean, I think it's because they're like, from a size perspective, it's like the one school that you can always look at yourself and be like, dude, they should never be in football. You know, it's, mm -hmm. uh, I say this a lot, like, if Wake Forest wasn't playing in the ACC, they very well might be playing like Hampton, Sydney, and Washington, and Lee in Virginia. You know, like the, that's more the size of the the institution. It's a small school. It's an incredible school. It's a great school. Um, I, I spent some time in college with some people that went to Wake, and um, it's just not. You know, you walk on that campus, and it's more kind of the size of a large college campus. It's an, it's a beautiful campus. Uh, yeah, a lot sure. of a lot of tobacco money, and uh, I'm not not speaking ill of it at all. I have a lot of great things to say at Wake, but it's not the type of school that when you walk out of there, you're like, oh yeah, they should be this, you know, this team that looks like it has a uh, a high school, you know, kind of looks like a Texas high school football stadium. Uh, just not a, a program like that. There's also kind of like a, in my opinion, a little bit of kind of the East Coast establishment uh, mm -hmm. that's never quite fit with Florida State. And this is the school that's actually gotten you a couple times, you know, of like the Carolina Blues, uh, whether or not you want to call them a, a Duke and, and UNC type of blue blood. But, um, yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of a culture clash as well, I think. Uh, but really, it's just a small private school. You're a massive state school in, in, you know, maybe the best state in the country to be located in. And you're 30 minutes from the border of Georgia, which is probably the third or fourth best state in the country to recruit from. So, you know, this is just the, you shouldn't lose to wake all that frequently, but they've done a good job. They've invested in football. They've gotten some good coaches. They've historically done a good job of getting kids for, you know, fourth, fifth and, and six years to stick around and fully develop, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, yeah, that's the best answer I can give to that question. I think that makes sense. I, I think it comes down to like, you, you touched on it, like that barometer of like school that you shouldn't lose to. And when you do lose them in a, not just lose them, but in an embarrassing way, um, it kind of signify the end of the Bobby Bowden era mm -hmm. uh, going up there in 2019 and that loss, uh, Willie Taggart, 
burning uh, or freezing his freezing his kicker, and uh, that's when we started reporting on things getting really uncomfortable for Willie. Uh, so just it's interesting. Like it's been a a pretty integral school. I, I feel like like when things don't go well, uh, Wake is your your barometer for the basement, I guess. Um, did you follow along like some of the beef that Florida State fans were having with Wake fans and media in the off season? And if so, <laughs> uh, do we have a what was more entertaining? You smile, so you, you, I think you have. What was more entertaining? That weird uh, like rivalry or FSU fans versus Michigan State fans in the off season? Both random, both delightful. It was a long off season. Do you have a favorite? What was the Michigan State beef based off of? I think it was based off the perception that Keon Coleman would come to Florida State. Oh, and that okay. Michigan State was a better program. This was after he decided to come to Florida State. Yes. This okay, okay. I, that one I wasn't familiar with. The Wake one made me laugh. I mean the the AD putting out whatever graphic that was, or assistant AD. I don't know. I can't remember who the title. So I shouldn't say that. But whatever gentleman associated with Wake Forest or or general lady decided to put out a graph saying that wake was like the most up and coming brand in college sports or whatever is funny. Um, (laughs) (laughs) is a a funny move. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it's just, I don't know. Some of these, it's just an interesting, you know, interesting culture of Florida state football fans and people based in North Carolina for whatever reason, whether it be like the Raleigh sports radio crowd or wake or whatever else, it just those two have never really perfectly merged and tend to tend to find, you know, both of each other's faults uh, to be kind of hilarious. So uh, yeah, that one I was familiar with. Uh, let's, let's move back to some of the uh, happenings with the battles. And I think you guys just announced that you're over a thousand members i think that sense has gone up a little bit too the goal is yeah we're at 1100 members we'd actually requested that graphic like last week and then something you know just last week was crazy hectic and honestly we forgot to put it out there uh 1100 members not that you know you need to know to the date but today's been another great day we're probably at 1125 something like that awesome so we've continued to grow have some good growth uh we were always ahead of projections uh, just candidly, we're ahead of projections. Still, the season started. Then we didn't quite see, to be fair, it's very hard to model, uh, but we didn't quite see the growth that we thought we would in season originally, mm-hmm. uh, particularly if you would have, you know, if you would have just let me write a script for the season, Brennan, this would right. be it. You know, the players that we're most commonly associated with have been uh, very, very good players. Uh, and you guys can figure out that from a, a model of, you know, retention and otherwise. So, um, yeah, we, we've grown well. There's a opportunity in this space for, you know, Florida State to meet the criteria for competitiveness that's not fully dependent upon the Atlantic Coast Conference. And, um, you know, whether or not you fully believe that these kids need to be getting paid like I do and a lot of my friends do, or if you just – love being seven and zero and, and being as competitive a place as possible. Um, I would suggest that you, you look at the battles in and you take stock of the roster and have an honest conversation with yourself as to if you think getting involved is a good thing for the sports that you care the most about. So, um, you know, we, we need, uh, support and we need to continue to grow this thing has been funded from a, an incredibly generous perspective uh and to an extent uh we you know have 
we're very fortunate in the people that have made uh, this possible. Um, and when I say we, I mean our team and the fact that all of our expenses, operating expenses and salaries and stuff like that are covered. If you give $19.99 to the, to the Battles Inn, it goes entirely you know, back into the function of running the battles end and, and what, you know, operating such an entity means. That's not, there's no, you know, Ingram Smith bonus. If we get X amount of members or whatever else, none of that, what you give to us is put immediately back into what we do uh, as far as operating uh, the entity that you get involved with. So um, just something that's got to continue to grow uh, in order for Florida state to, to be at the level that, Somebody that's going to be listening to a podcast like this 21 minutes into it is passionate about. Um, so I, you know, ask that your listeners give us, give us consideration, go to the website. You're welcome to email me if you want. It's my name at thebattlesend.com. And I'm happy to, uh, to talk to you about what we do and, and uh, explain to you anything that you might have a question about. I think like the, the big things I always see in Grim, like when people are like hesitant, and I think that, that wall has been kind of run through for the most part. Like, I don't think that's as, as prevalent as when Collectus first jumped onto the scene, but like the, the one was like, okay, where does my money go? And then, so you've addressed that. And then the other is like, does it actually make a difference? And yeah, it, it does. Yeah, I don't know how much you want to get into that, but it, but it, helps. No, it, it does, man. I mean, from a numbers perspective, every membership matters. I, uh, you know, speak to uh, to the founder of this project frequently about where we are from a number perspective. So top line members count uh, the the bottom line as far as the amount you give matters. And whether that be the lowest or, or, or excuse me, rather that be the lowest or highest uh, membership classification that we have, uh, we just got to continue to grow, continue to show, uh, you know, different types and areas of growth. But, uh, you know, I think I was talking to a guy who uh, was potentially going to give us, you know, tens of thousands of dollars recently. And he wasn't sure if that was even going to matter because I guess just the perception was that we have so much money that something like that wouldn't matter. And that's, yeah, we need to, like, <laughs> we're, uh, we're in a good place. We're very fortunate. We've been exceptionally competitive. So I don't want to, you know, I don't, I'm not saying that we're desperate by any means, but hell yeah, something like that would matter. I mean, that that's a, that's a very, very, uh, would be a very, very significant opportunity for us and, and would be great for us from a long-term perspective. So would encourage you to, you know, get to get involved, whether you are somebody that has, you know, a copious amount of uh, resources and opportunities, or, um, you know, if you're somebody that would be involved at one of our lowest levels, or look, you can just give a one-time gift. Uh, we've had some 60 and $70 one-time gifts. I think this next game should Florida state win, um, uh, you know, we may do rather than eight no and eighty dollars, maybe fourteen dollars for Florida State winning fourteen games in a row. Should that occur, so uh, we'll try to have different opportunities and, and levels of involvement. And I realize that, you know, people fourteen dollars a year may be that of what people can do, and that's appreciated. And and you know, there is no gift that doesn't matter. Uh, everything matters, and this is a a yarn of string or a ball of string that we want to continue to to you know, gather, gather steam. And, uh, you know, maybe a snowball analogy would have been better there, but whatever, we need to keep moving downhill, picking up, <laughs> picking up membership, continuing to grow. And, uh, anything that you can do as a listener, um, is, is gratefully appreciated. You ever noticed that the, the idiom downhill can be both positive and negative? Yes, it can. It can. 
Isn't that crazy? You, you can get rolling downhill or uh, things could go downhill from there. Or, yeah, absolutely. Um, since you, since you entered the space a year ago and I, I remember when it first started, even before, before the battles end was the thing, we we're just talking about being like the wild West. Uh, and it, it's got far more regulated since then. I guess what, what changes have you seen uh, generally speaking, like the way, uh, the way collectives and, and enterprises such as yourselves are perceived and then how they operate like in generally uh, generalities uh, from this time, like a year ago. Yeah, I think the the marketplace in general has done a good job of just sorting like absolute morons out of it. You know, like, <laughs> okay. I, I, I don't know that those people are around. Um, so that's a positive thing. Um, I do think that there's, you know, look, we, you know, this, that there's a lot more clarity that um, retention and proven production is easier to find marketing opportunities around rather than newer entities. Let me put it that way. Um, so uh, I think that's been a significant pivot. I, you know, I do give pushback on the wild, wild west stuff. I don't really think that's true. Um, yeah. I don't think that's what you're going to con continue to see in evolution. Um, and I, I think you'll see as this space matures and becomes more, um, you know, becomes more and more like a business uh, for most of the collectives that I would label are kind of best of class. Uh, look at it in that manner. And it's not just like, oh, you know, let's just see how much money we can light on fire. Um, I also think that you'll see an evolution uh, on the agent side of things. There's, there's probably some type of agent registry going to come about at some point in this process. That's something that almost every uh, stakeholder can agree upon. So, um, you know, there'll be more and more regulation. I, I just, you know, speaking from a broader collective association or a collective point of view, and we are a founding member of what's known as the collective association, which I think we've got almost 30 members now. We probably will have north of 30 next time we make an announcement on that. But uh, we'd be open to enforcement, you know, there, as this space uh, matures and evolves, there's potentially going to be more formal revenue streams that make themselves available uh, towards NIL. And I think if you could agree to live within uh, certain lines or otherwise risk those revenue streams, dude, there would be a level of, um, of accountability, I think, from inside institutions that you've never seen before, as far as Everybody knows that they need to live, live within a certain guidelines. Otherwise, I mean, it's one thing to get slapped on the wrist because, you know, some some moron went and did something stupid. It's a whole nother thing to potentially jeopardize a multi-million dollar revenue stream for, towards an athletic department. So the Wild Wild West stuff is just BS, to be perfectly honest with you. That's not what we want. That's not what we're representative of. Um, so. I think that's a crutch uh, that people use. I think that's kind of a a lazy comment that um, you know some politicians may use. And and to be fair to politicians, dude, they got a million things to be right. up to speed on. NIL is not going to be one of them. They're going to get a two minute briefing uh, about it. Some staffer is going to you know Google NIL at one of thirty in the morning and put down Wild Wild West as a bullet point. But I just you know we didn't we don't have three really sharp lawyers. We don't have two leading minds uh, in the field of tax and tax advice. And we didn't just hire a guy away from Deloitte 
so that we can go be the wild, wild west. Uh, that's not not how this works. So, um, yeah, I, I do give pushback to that. I think that like talking point has definitely like simmered down a lot to be to be fair in the last six, seven months. But like that was something that, that there was a push for legitimacy. And you guys have been at the forefront of, of that uh, kind of kind of with that in mind. Like one thing I'm really curious is like the way NIL is covered and from a media perspective, people like myself and uh, even like when, when you had your when you still have your foot in the in the podcasting and, and analysis business, but obviously foot in multiple camps now. But like so when people are talking about college football in a broader sense and covering it, like there's some outlets that will talk about NIL and dollar figures and stuff like that. If it becomes more and more not just even regulated, it's not the right word, um, cohesive and like having these these guidelines for everyone. Do you think it could get to a point to where it's like looked at? the off season part of like how the NFL is where you're talking about actual contracts and, and salaries. I imagine there's multiple steps that would have to even like happen before you could even get there. But I, I feel like it has to be on the table at least like a little bit. Yeah. Some of these uh, political um, ideas that get floated out there talk about transparency of contracts and salaries. I, you know, that may happen. I'm, I don't, um, I don't have a, a crystal ball on this as to exactly how that's going to play out. I'm a little skeptical as to, you know, if ever you're going to see, oh, Georgia's quarterback signed a collective deal and that collective, you know, and that deal was worth, I'm just using a hypothetical, you know, $232,000 and 180 cents or, or, or 18 cents or whatever, you know. Um, I don't know that we need, you know, full visibility on that. Um and I don't know that it's going to come anytime soon. Uh, mm-hmm. I do think that the news cycle, I don't think this is an intentional thing, but I do think college football kind of stumbled into something with these transfer windows and and uh, portal, I guess I should call them portal windows and, and things like that because maybe it was just because I've walked into this pond of insanity uh, that is NIL at times uh, and, and roster management. Um, but it's felt like to me this college football season has moved faster than it ever has. Uh, well, and it, I, it, there it's is year round, dude. Look at these, look at these grays. Yeah. <laughs> here two years ago. Like it is, it is year round now. There is a new cycle that feels much more similar to the, the NFL. Uh, you don't just have this. Oh, it's, uh, you know, it's after, let's say April 15th, just as a, a spring game date, it's after April 15th. And we're not really going to, pay attention to college football again until, you know, we might mention it at the 4th of July and then, you know, come August 1st, we'll all go into our, you know, close thing to withdrawals as we know that college football is just a couple weeks away. Uh, that's not, that didn't feel like what happened this year. Um, so I, I do think it's kind of in, unintentionally uh, very beneficial as far as a new cycle standpoint. Yeah, I do. Yeah, uh, it, there is shades of NFL, which kind of that, that was where my mind goes. Like, okay, I was going to keep looking like that. Um, all right, I think last, last thing that I have for you, and you're you were a public figure before this in, in the landscape of FSU uh, fans would would recognize you. You're now a public figure for like some of NIL and its high stakes, and um, people get passionate about it. Like, have you ever been negatively recruited or had anything like super personal in that? realm like impact you at all i'm i'm curious you're in a different oh, have, have i personally been i don't think so i don't think i'm uh yeah i understand what you're saying i don't think i'm important enough to ever ever be negatively recruited now there's there's like 
you know, would there be an idea that maybe somebody would try to negatively recruit a collective or something like that? Yeah. And then maybe that's what you're talking about. Um, I would just say our track record is pretty good, man. You know, if somebody wants to talk to anybody that we've ever associated with, uh, I'm happy to do that. And um, I've got, you know, again, I, I, Brendan, you could interview every parent we've ever worked with and I'll, you know, I'll give you full access to them. And I'm, I'm comfortable that whatever we've, when we've entered into an agreement with somebody uh, we've done exactly what we said we were going to do. I'm glad nothing personal has occurred. That is, that is nice. Um, but just keep at it long enough and people are going to, you know, that's just yeah. Yeah. the way the world works. I'm glad that that hasn't happened to you. Um, smoky scotch. Like what do we got going on? What, what were celebratory whiskeys that are on shelf or on deck? Anything, <laughs> anything going on? So I've traveled almost to every game this year with a, a bottle of Pappy with the intention of like, Oh, if this happens, I'll open it or whatever. No, I haven't opened it yet. Um, I did buy a couple scotches recently at the, uh, well, there's a great place in Tallahassee for scotch. It's the total mine. It's no like great secret or something, but I do go in almost every time just to keep an eye on it. Found some of my favorites last time that, you know, maybe if something significant happens in the near future, I'll, I'll find a reason to pop one of those things open. So you're just traveling around with a bottle of Pappy. Don't tell people that that's not good to put out there. Well, you know, yeah, true, true. Maybe that's the, the negative recruiting I never wanted to have happen. <laughs> we, we've hit a dangerous place with my pappy because after it gets to like below half a bottle, like the shelf life on it starts expediting drastically because of mm-hmm. uh, oxidation or something above my head. And so like, uh, it's at a quarter. It's so not like, a self justification that I've already, I've already drank that much. I might as well just go ahead and polish it off for the podcast audience. People listening, I'm shrugging my shoulders. I, yeah, I don't know, yeah. man. I don't know. Okay. Just, it's, it's there. It needs to be drunk. Oh, it's just going to start tasting weird. It's not going to be what it was. So, so is that I'm, I'm more a Scotch man than I've never really heard that. But is that the more oxygen that gets into a bottle, the more it can negatively mm-hmm. impact? Yeah, any type of. Uh, by I'm the way, sure that's probably true for Scotch too. Like Chattanooga whiskey. Yeah, a, any type of whiskey. Once, once you pop it, it make it stay good forever in the bottle. It's not like a, a wine once right. you open it where it's going to ruin it like that, but. Uh, as it becomes 50%, 51% oxygen to uh, juice, like it'll start altering a little bit. And the more and more air it's there, the more it'll change it over a period of time. Allegedly. Okay. My apologies I've don't got last a... long enough to find out. All right. Well, I do have a very nice bottle of scotch I bought. I got married in February. I bought, and it's probably got more than, it's probably below the the benchmark that you just laid out there so thank you brendan you've given me you're welcome that's an excuse to go go drinking on this thursday afternoon um it should be good for i mean it takes years for it to happen but if it gets very 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 low then it'll be months so yeah all right well i need to get moving so i appreciate it all right so let's one last time let the people know i got scotch uh, to drink at 345 brendan let's go uh <laughs> people who listen to the podcast regularly will be shocked to know that i somehow derailed it that's not a it's not surprising uh, let's before you get out of here man one more time where can the people go to to support the battles end and, and more importantly i think support florida state football yeah absolutely so the battles is a website uh that we have up there um ask that you go give it a look we've got a bunch of uh content that we try to do some serious content about why, you know, players choose Florida state or what's special about Florida state. And then we released a 90 second conversation of me talking to Keon Coleman about waffle house. And that's done like <laughs> quadruple the views, anything that we've ever done. So 
uh, as a content guy, Brendan, you can really, you can really appreciate that. Yeah. Charismatic, uh, amazing athlete uh, and Waffle House is a good ingredient. Yeah. Yeah. Noted. So we've got uh, everything from that to a, you know, detailed breakdown on the uh, scoop and score from uh, the Clemson game uh, with Deloach, Fisk and Bethune kind of walking you through that play uh, to Keon Coleman when he first joined the battles in and talking about why he came to Florida state or also Keon Coleman talking about how seriously he took film study to which was the first time I was ever like, Oh, this dude's not just like, Oh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. This isn't just like a guy who's so athletic. He could play basketball at Michigan state. This is also like a dude who's wired very differently when it comes to the approach towards the game and what he, how much effort he puts into it. So, um, yeah, yeah, man. No, battlesin.com. Uh, we're on YouTube, Insta. Uh, I've got a bunch of interns, which means we've got a TikTok page. Uh, you know, wherever you want to find us, we're out there. We're trying our best. We'd love to have your support. Um, I can assure you that the more that this pie grows, we were retweeted by uh, or quote tweeted, whatever the proper term is now, by Mike Norbell yesterday, yeah, uh, encouraging the uh, the fan base to continue to to grow this pie. And we certainly appreciate that support and know that, uh, you know, we, we pour into this, uh, everything that we get, take it seriously and try to be the best representation of this fan base that we possibly can be. All right. Beautifully said for Ingram Smith. I'm Brendan Sinem. This has been on the bench, support the battles end. Ingram, enjoy your day. Scotch. We'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you, man. Good talking to you. Congratulations on the Chattanooga whiskey thing. As my dad's lived on Signal Mountain for about 25 years. I'm very familiar with the product, and it's a great partnership. It, amazing, amazing value, amazing bourbon. Thank you. We are, we are proud.